episode of the Art Conversation, I talked to Joachim de Ville, who's the CEO of Symphony. Um, Symphony are pioneering uh, innovative solutions for MVOs and enterprises, organizations across the globe, uh, areas such as Internet of Things, AI, mobile connectivity, 5G stuff. Re really, really interesting um, stuff. I talked with Joachim about uh, connectivity, uh, how it's going to be improving, changing our lives, why 5G mobile data is going to be at the heart of that evolution. Uh, and why security is, is is getting that right is hugely important. Um, and then we touch on some of the user cases and some some pretty crazy things that are happening. So it's, uh, it's a great conversation. Good to catch up with you, Kim. Uh, enjoy. My name is Joachim de Wild. I'm a CEO of a company called Symphony. Symphony is an um, MTN, Mobile Virtual Network Enabler, and we provide others with um, telco solutions. Uh, especially um, providing mobile provi branded mobile providers to uh, to companies that are looking into going into uh, into mobile cellular connectivity. What's interesting is a good place to start is talking about Zoom. So you 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 are a Zoom user, regular Zoom user. We we ourselves use Microsoft Teams internally. Okay. Um, and Zoom for external. Um, mm -hmm. Those those platforms have just gone through the roof in terms of users, haven't they? Um, mm. Do you, do you think that lots of businesses are wishing that they'd invested in that kind of thing sooner than the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. It really depends on the kind of business that you are in. Um, I don't know. I see a lot of people, you know, saying previously that um, uh, it's better to, to meet face to face and, and um, you know, have that personal uh, connection. I, I do think there part of it is true. But if I look at the um, uh, product productivity, then then having these kind of calls in instead of you know jumping in your car, driving all the way somewhere, have a meeting, and then the same way back, there is so much more um, um, productive. And and an interesting bit is that you hear now people uh, saying that to me, uh, friends of mine working for banks, you know, uh, they they tell me that uh, they are surprised by the uh, efficiency and and it's. It's not a problem. It turns out not to be as big as of a problem. So I think somewhere the ideal situation is in the middle. I think what we have today with all these lockdowns, it's, it's not a, a good thing. It's definitely not the, the, the best way forward. But there's there's a bit of both there. The the ideal combination is, is best, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I guess what and let's explore a little bit more about what you and your your organisation do. But that mobilisation piece and that connectivity piece from anywhere and anything. Mm -hmm really um I, i'm i'm guessing and you're probably hoping and planning for that to just absolutely what skyrocket now yeah i think um again the current situation learns us that um if you don't have um plans in place for uh, keeping connectivity going for example just as one example um then you could be in trouble you know i've heard um i believe it was yesterday that that open reach stopped uh, going out for new installations, I, I heard it from somebody, um, because of the corona uh, thing going on. Um, and if, if, if that's true, and you are waiting for a, a, a internet line, to, to, you know, to, to, to keep your business going or for other reasons, yeah, then I think suddenly um, having a router shipped to you with, with cellular connectivity in it, uh, it it's actually <laughs> the, the way to solve it. And that same goes for fallback scenarios or many other reasons why we see uh, an adoption of mobile data um, uh, happening sooner now and quicker and faster. Uh, and, and it's actually not even, 
nice to have. It's, it's, it's always a, a must-have. And I think if you take this further, um, why would you uh, have, a, have a pipe in the ground uh, doing the work for you instead of having a router that connects to an external piece of infrastructure that still goes in the ground and use cables there? But, but it's so much easier than to dig a pipe towards a, a place uh, and provide internet access. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think having um, um, mobile connectivity in place is, is going to be more important than ever. Um, and we see a true uh, adaption there. We see a lot of companies that come from the traditional fixed line, um, internet lines business like ISPs, um, really going into 4G, 5G in the future. Um, more and more now, yeah, definitely. Do you, do you think people are underestimating how fast 5G is going to be? Well, I, I always like like to you know if we if we talk about these kind of things in the future, I think we should look back in the past um, when four G was introduced. Nobody saw the well. A lot of people didn't see the 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 need for it, so it was more like a marketing term. I remember I was um, in a in a subway in um, in, uh, in in New York um, uh, back in the days when when four G was introduced there, and and not yet so much in in, in Europe, and I saw everywhere lte 4g advertisements and and i was like how can you advertise something that doesn't you know it, it, what does it do for you you should advertise what it does for you but the thing is with the same as with, with the introduction of I, an ipad uh, once you start using it you understand like whoa this is good and then if you need to go back to let's in that example go back to 3g you, you're like missing 4g <laughs> and then you it turns out that it's like a, a must-have uh, mm-hmm. And I think uh, with 5G, it's, it's sort of the same. I think we don't, a lot of people don't see the value of it. Like why is latency so important? Uh, you know, uh, why even more bandwidth is so important because I can do what I do today. Suddenly with VR coming, um, you know, uh, uh, people uh, take this example. We will probably not travel as much as we, we used to do. And maybe we will have more experiences going on in the, in the virtual world. Uh, um, at least in the coming year, uh, and you need really good bandwidth with it to, to have a smooth experience, like walking around in a virtual room with a with an Oculus Rift on your on your head. Um, you can only do that when you have a really good internet connection with low latency. Otherwise, you cannot have a chat like like we currently have over voice. How can you have that in you know in, in visualized? Um, so uh, again, I think one will follow the other thing. I think pushing out uh, technology um, in the hands of people uh, would uh, make them adopt it and, and use it and then realize, wow, this is what we needed. We didn't know that it was needed at that. So, uh, and that's from a consumer perspective. I think from an enterprise perspective, there's, there's, there are different uh, reasons to, to have it, like banks would love to have as, 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 you know, um, uh, as less of uh, latency, for example. So important to them, it makes billions of dollars um, or pounds if, if, they, uh, if they have low latency. So that's clear. But for the consumers, like the, the, the yeah, uh, us uh, consuming uh, products like, like this, um, I think it will, it will become clearer once we have that technology available to us. Yeah, I think it's true. I, so I live in a, a, a rural village where broadband is really really patchy and hit and miss whereas mm. 4g is actually really good so so we're looking at our broadband at the moment and what the options are and mm-hmm. vodafone have actually enabled 5g around here which is wow okay. we're really surprised by um and so we're, we're considering just going straight to 5g and taking out home broadband altogether because it's so poor 
Um, how, how do you think? Have you heard of somebody? Sorry, have you seen anyone using it in your in your in your area already? Like, uh, no, we haven't, and that's that's one of the reasons we haven't just gone straight for it because saying it and feeling it and experiencing it aren't the same thing, and it's it's exactly. it's looking relatively expensive at the moment. And I guess with anything like this, in the same way, when the iPhone first came out, when 4G was the new thing, now 5G, the cost is seemingly significantly higher than the, 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 the status quo level yep. of uh, technology. Yep. And it, is that going to be a barrier both to consumers, but actually as, as businesses need to look at this kind of connectivity, um, will there be a perception that that will cost me too much money to explore how I can use internet things and 5G? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and yeah. is that perception reality? So, so you know, within, within your own customer base, and without giving away commercial confidentials, mm. how, in the same way that telephony became a commodity and it became how cheap can I get it? We don't want things like this, which are really value add and innovative, to become that way so quickly. But are you able to work through with with your customers, and how would you work through your customers? It, it, don't look at the cost; look at the value. It's 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 always uh, it's always um, middle ground there, so um, it's it's really hard to sell really good technology if the end goal is is the same with a let's say more budget kind of uh, approach. So it, it needs to add value uh, the technology that you offer, of course, and you need to try to to make it um, with examples maybe or. You know, even uh, some worst case scenarios, it makes it easier to, to make a decision on it. Like, okay, if this happens to you, how bad is it? Like, how, how bad is it if your connection is gone for four hours? If, if you are a, uh, let's say a restaurant, it's, <laughs> it's it, people can still eat, you know, in, in normal situations. Um, uh, it, it's, it, there's no need for uh, backup internet there. If you are a uh, hotel, a business hotel, uh, for example, yeah, of course you need you need to to offer uh, Wi-Fi, and probably uh, having a stable internet connection is as important as as running water uh, for, from a tap. So um, it's it's really it really depends on on uh, the kind of um, uh, a customer, of course. Um, what what we do see is that um, uh, the the way you promote it is is is, is key. So if you um, uh, approach this also as a more commoditized surface yourself in the way you're marketing it and you push for pricing from the start, of course you will end up there. If you come from a solution perspective, yeah, then then it's not going to be that. Give me, give me some examples of, of the work that you're doing with your customers at the moment. Yeah, for sure. So uh, maybe uh, take it from, from, from the start. So we are providing um, uh, mobile connectivity solutions. Uh, we don't go direct. We offer uh, it as a branded solution uh, to companies that want to become a MVNO. Uh, MVNO means mobile virtual network and, uh, operator. Uh, in other words, a mobile provider, a branded mobile provider. So that means that we offer branded SIM cards, a uh, branded platform where their end customers can basically self-manage and monitor their, their SIMs um, in real time. Uh, that's also completely branded and also having the colors of that specific customer. So from an out, outside in uh, uh, looking at it, it's, um, it's completely them. 
uh, we are not visible as Symphony, um, but we do offer all the technology there. So we are basically an extension of, of the company that is offering services to customers. And we are basically the technical department um, as, uh, offering it as a service. So to give you some examples, uh, let's say a satellite provider is thinking of offering LTE 4G connectivity next to the satellite uh, connectivity. Uh, that's definitely happening uh, a lot these days because LTE is more fast, it's, it's cheaper. Um, uh, so it's, it's a good reason for a lot of customers to ask and basically demand 4G connectivity next to a satellite. So in, instead of saying no, um, they come to us and we provide them with, uh, with the technology out of the box. So they can, they can basically um, uh, tell the customer, yeah, sure, we have a cellular uh, 4G or, or mobile connectivity available for you. Um, they can use APIs to integrate it with the same interface or go with our interface. And we can even build in the satellite part in our interface. We've done that a couple of times. Um, so from a, for the, from a customer perspective, they are uh, completely offering uh, that. And that, that's what we enable. So our system comes with billing platform, uh, provisioning, um, and all the... More, let's say the more technical uh, parts like a core network that you need to run uh, a network. Um, and we also have uh, roaming agreements in place with operators worldwide, um, some direct, some via, uh, let's call them roaming aggregators. Um, so we have a very simple model for them so they can build their own price plans on top of what we offer on a wholesale level to, to them. So yeah, that's a good example. I think uh, another really good example is ISPs like discussed, we discussed before. Um, an ISP is offering fiber connections to, to customers and uh, they build these kind of, you know, IPVPN, uh, MPLS kind of uh, ones. Um, and they'd like to extend that with, with 4G and in the future 5G connectivity. Um, and, and that's what we can, can do. And we have actually in the UK, we have a great, great customer case. Um, it's a company, uh, uh, called Jola, and Jola is um, is, is, is uh, serving the, the the UK channel. Um, a lot of ISPs are, are buying services from them, SIM cards, and they came to us because they wanted to offer a um, uh, an eSIM. Um, uh, that's the the underlying technology that we use, uh, and they wanted to uh, provide four um, uh, G connections based on the four networks uh, available in the UK. So our SIM card connects to EE, O2, Tree, and Vodafone. Um, and then the, the cool thing we do is we have uh, parts of our core, net, core network um, deployed in a London uh, data center. So the traffic from those SIM cards stay local, go to that data center there, and can break out to the internet from there. So we have really low latency that way. And traffic remains within the borders of the UK, even though it's roaming into the, in, into the different uh, networks. Um, and with them, um, they are really cool from a technical perspective and they understand what the ISPs want. So we have developed a, um, a version where we can provide the, um, their ISPs with for the 4G connectivity straight into their um, uh, data centers uh, of those ISPs. So they can basically make 4G connections part of their uh, wireless areas networks um, to to give an example, let's say a big retailer with a lot of shops, especially in these uncertain times, they don't like to dig um, fiber or copper into uh, buildings. Mm -hmm. So instead of that, they can just you know, get a router, have a 4G SIM in it or 5G SIM in it, and then um, use one of the networks available, just the strongest one available, uh, and, and still um, 
have the same level of control and capabilities that they have over a, a fiber connection. And that's truly not what you get with, um, with the traditional carriers. So I think that's where we can technically make a big difference. And then if we come back to what are you know, companies uh, uh, ready to, 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 to pay for, for a service, um, uh, then you can see that this, is, this, is, this goes much further than just a, a price discussion. This is really like talking about a solution, security aspects, low latency, um, uh, failover, you know, all of that is becoming so much more important than just that megabyte price that, that others would advertise. Yeah. That's in a nutshell what, what we do. And we do that uh, globally. Uh, we do have a lot of business in the States. We see uh, a huge demand uh, there, especially in, in these days of uh, coronavirus. Uh, we, we do see uh, more um, uh, new deals coming from, from the States where um, they, 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 they need uh, connectivity over mobile. Uh, for, for example, students from universities uh, to allow them working from home and follow lessons there. Um, uh, not, not everyone has a stable connection. And then multi-network um, availability there is also key because AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile don't have coverage everywhere. So a combination of all those networks is definitely what they, what they like. So uh, states is important, Europe, and we do have some business in um, in Asia and in uh, in South Africa also, so yeah, that's a rough intro on on what it is we we do, and and that's really interesting stuff. Um, and it, I think for a lot of people who listen to this, they will just hear that's that's exciting, and they will be starting to think, which is what we're trying to do with these these, these chats that we're having, is get people cool. to start thinking about what you should be doing in the future, but take this opportunity to think about what you need now. So. Not all yep. businesses have been caught out with moving to remote working, home working. I bet a lot have. Um, yep. They don't want to go back to being in that situation if something like this ever happens again. And, and obviously yep. we, we, we hope and pray it doesn't. But what we want to encourage them is start looking at what your future technology is and start getting it in now. Put it into your business plans. Look at your resource planning. Look at the, the forward thinking infrastructure as you grow and how you manage and, and roll out new and better services and really start investing now. So I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you've, uh, you've, you've just kind of opened up, the, opened up the, the tin a little bit there for people to understand what, what you guys are doing. Um, you hit on one thing, though, that I think is going to be interesting to explore, and that's security. Security, you know, we've had things like GDPR, which I know aren't strictly the same thing, but the security mm -hmm. around this type of technology. Um, can you... Talk to me a little bit more about how you keep it secure, the differences between what you're doing and, and maybe a typical broadband connection, just to simplify it for, for people who may be worried about that sort of thing. So first of all, I think uh, security is paramount to, to everything we are doing in, in, the, in the IT internet world. Um, um, I, I think at this time, almost everybody knows that, um, you know, um, uh, security issues are uh, around the corner if you're not careful and and what we do see uh, as we run our comp our own core network as i just ex explained uh, we do see um, also attempts uh, from anywhere in the world and you don't know where where they are because they will find different routes of course hiding them their their own location but we, we see literally uh, on a daily basis um, uh, you know uh, hackers trying to to get into uh, connections and, and and of course you don't want that so it's it's hugely important to um 
uh, to make sure that that you have um, very strict um, uh, measurements to, uh, to to avoid that. Uh, we do that for customers, um, but there is something else on that on that sense. So so I guess everybody understands that the basic of having firewalls in place and stuff it's important, and I'm, I'm happy to go into that more detail. But I think more interesting is to see what does this mean towards the future in, for example, IoT, because now. At the moment, if you look at traditional operators, mobile operators or, or mobile providers, the way they operate their business and how they look at, for example, security and, and monitoring of, of um, connectivity in general, I think that they look at it as, okay, you know, um, uh, you have endpoints which are either smartphones or, or maybe um, tablets or uh, maybe routers in, 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 in companies, that is sort of what you try to, to, to maintain. And what you see a lot is that uh, the way they, they work with, with this is that some strange behavior happens and then a pop-up arises. If you're lucky, they, they have um, real-time insight on, on there's something odd happening there. Um, and then somebody, some, somebody at a knock needs to um, log in, make a change or check out if, if it's fine. And so you're basically running behind uh, the situation. And where we firmly believe uh, where, where everything should go and where we are also investing heavily in, in, in terms of development um, is uh, something we call um, patterns of things. Uh, so in the world of IoT, Internet of Things going forward, it, it's, it's going to be more things being connected. Uh, I think um, uh, the billions of connections are, are definitely something we can expect over the, over the years to come, right? So mm. um, um, even your, 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 your pets, your, 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 I don't know, your, your dog, for example, will be tracked at some point. Um, uh, your your, your um, uh, flowers in, in your home will, will give you a message at some point, I believe, in the future saying, hey, I need water now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think in time we will have everything connected uh, and we already see that with street lightning and, and water meters and all of that. So if that's the case and we see billions of, of, of things connecting to networks, you can't do it the old way. So you can't wait for, for uh, 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 notifications to pop up and then act on it with a, with a, with a support engine. So what we've done is with, with patterns of things, we basically look at... Um, uh, on a deep technical level, we look at the kind of traffic that we see coming through our network. And of course, we don't look into the packages to see if it's Facebook or whatever. You're not allowed to do that and you should not do it. It's not, it's not a good thing. But what we can do is look at the shape of the packages and, and the shape of the traffic. By looking at this, we will recognize the system, will recognize patterns. So that's basically pattern learning. Um, pattern learning means that, that you, you look at the kind of traffic, you can see IP addresses, you can see a lot of stuff uh, coming through your network and based on that we let the, the machines learn from it so this is machine learning so this the systems will, will understand okay after a couple of weeks with a new customer or a new account hey this is the type of traffic that we see coming from from these uh, in this case sim cards um, if you have that done properly by the system uh, you can go into the next step which is uh, pattern uh, predicting uh, predicting patterns so you can you can already see something coming before it actually comes uh, to you and then last bit is of course um, um, uh, acting on it uh, that's the part where where it's going to be really excited and also a bit it's scary maybe you know um, uh, artificial intelligence it's, it's called by by many I think that's the, the right way to, to to look at it as well so AI artificial intelligence will will help us there 
um, if we treat it carefully and, and, and well enough to uh, act on stuff that doesn't sit right. So now a simple example, um, you have smart meters rolled out. Uh, millions of households have smart meters in, in, um, in, the, in their basements or wherever in their houses. And then uh, somebody is smart to hack it and to take out that SIM or break into the SIM and start using it for, I don't know, Netflixing. Just a not scary story, but, but still, you don't want to have happen that. You, know, you don't want to misuse those, uh, those connections for, for such a reason, but it can be worse than that, of course. So um, if that happens, the system will detect immediately like, hey, wait, usually the SIM comes up every that many seconds or, or hours, and now it didn't come up. So that's already weird. So cut it off or act on it or, or change something or put restrictions in place before somebody can start uh, streaming uh, huge amounts of data. That, that's just a simple example of what that system could, uh, could do for us in the future. And I think if you talk about security, everybody's talking about firewalls and stuff. Of course, that, that's now. But I think going forward, traffic will be so huge that the system should take care of it before we have a, a, an issue. So that, that's really our take on it. Uh, and we 50% of our time, uh, our development time is going into this, uh, this huge project. And yeah, we are really excited about this, this specific topic. Interesting stuff. What are the hints and the tips, the advice you'd give to anybody who is starting out on their, their journey on this sort of thing? Um, uh, who, who is the, the, the one asking, I would say, uh, that, that would differ. Um, is, that a, is that an enterprise uh, or? Um... Yeah, if, 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 uh, if I um, let, let's use one of your examples. So if, if, and this could be years away, but you know, the whole point we're trying to get to is we want you to start accelerating your, your adoption of, of technology. Um, <laughs> if I am the florist and I am thinking about actually, the, I need to really understand how, what, what I'm doing to my flowers, which is my stock. It, it, how do I learn from technology the best way to grow the best flowers? I, I'm thinking randomly and off yep. the cuff here, just based on what you said. But how do I even start thinking about the type of technology that you're you, you're talking about? Yeah, well, I th I think there's a big um, a big role to play for for the uh, technology partners of that um, specific company in this example. I think um, those kind of companies should take on um, uh, the conversation with these guys to say, hey, do you know that this can be done? You know, um, um, uh, you will like, let's say it's a, <laughs> it's a huge flower company and, and you could save a lot of money if you in time give the, the, the right amounts of water to, to the flowers, uh, let's say. So having sensors in these things would save you X amounts, you know, bottom line. Then it's not a story about oh this there's an additional cost and I don't see how it's um, applied and how it could um, um, help me. Um, it, it's already clear that um, uh, there's a business case, and I think um, it's going to be really hard for someone, a company like that, to to figure this out themselves. Um, I think that's why I believe um, um, there's a huge role for, and that are basically our customers um, uh, that buy services from us they take it towards customers like, like you, uh, in your example, and, and provide them with the idea like, okay, guys. Um, and I, there are so many good examples there. I think another good example is uh, air conditionings, right? So if you have uh, sensors in the air conditionings and you are an air conditioning company, um, what if um, uh, you don't have to write to every, com uh, every company separately uh, once in a while to check out if the air conditioning is still working fine, 
but you can just get a message when there's a, even a tiny leak or the temperature drops strange, uh, so strange behavior or something is off. Uh, and it triggers that condition, air conditioning company to at that point jump into a car, drive towards the customer and fix the problem before it becomes a real issue and, and flooding the place, for example. I, I think that are really easy to understand examples that, that people would love. And then I hope that they have some technology partner there that could you know, uh, help them through uh, uh, that piece of uh, technology. So um, uh, that's the, I think the only way to uh, get adoption is, is to, uh, yeah, to have companies specialized in it. And, and I think there are already a lot, but especially the more traditional um, connectivity players or, you know, um, IT companies are, are not as far as they, they could be. And I th yeah, I think it's going to be um, uh, a huge opportunity for them to, um, to have these kind of conversations with the customer, it would definitely help them to move away from a price discussion all the time, you know? Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, th that would be my answer. I think, I think um, it's hard for a company like, like that to just do it themselves. Um, they, they would need a partner for that. Yeah. So actually, if you, you take it to, to various different degrees, it's, it's, your, it's, your, it's your marketing agency partners who, if you're trying to do something different with your proposition through the internet or whatever it might be it's 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 you, you need to have a good partner and supplier portfolio that you can work with to look at what might be a crazy idea but they've got those yeah. experts either in-house or they've got partners of their own try and take what could be an out there idea and turn it into a reality and spin up some proof of concepts and do the research and and, and put together theories um yeah I guess, I guess one of the things that we always talk about is making sure that you, the customer is always the one at the heart of what you're trying to do. So trying to do something clever with technology doesn't mean anything if it doesn't improve the customer experience or yeah. get customers yeah. to buy more products or consume more of the services. Um, but I think you make an interesting point is that now, now is the right time to have a really good ecosystem of partners in your technology um, locker. And if you don't, I think there's even uh, a bit of a risk involved because if you don't um, get into this uh, early enough, yeah, then you will be behind, you know, it's, it's, go, it's going to be really hard to catch up at that point. I've, you know, you know me, I, I have been in um, a business product development uh, most of my time uh, and in previous companies I've, I've worked on um, voice services and we were really fast in adopting um, uh, what was called voice over IP. Mm -hmm. um, and that was pretty new back then. And we went through a learning curve, um, early stage, which was not pleasant. It was <laughs> really hard. You get questions asked from customers, uh, that you, that you, you're not comfortable answering at that point straight away. So you have to learn by, by doing as well, uh, next to, uh, uh, finding the right partners, of course, that can support you in this conversation. That's, that's, that's definitely uh, important, but it's also your own learning curve. And, um, what I've learned is that because we were early stage uh, trying to adopt that new uh, technology and we made some mistakes, um, we saw that guys that came in later, late, you know, later in the in, in the game and, and started to adopt a, a voice RP, they had to go through the same uh, learning curve still. And uh, while the market was there and everybody was asking for these kind of solutions, um, uh, we, were, we were comfortable. We were 
good at it. You know, we were um, uh, having smooth experience for customers and answering questions straight away instead of going back to your partner and ask for, for the answer. And those competition uh, guys, competitors were basically struggling um, uh, where we were, but really in a bad timing because there was a lot of markets. Uh, and I, I think one thing you can see and uh, just apply the same um, uh, example on IoT, you know, Internet of Things or, or other areas where we know it's going to, to be there. We, we know for sure it's going to, it's going to be big. Uh, and, and it's already, um, we see already that curve coming up now. Um, yeah, make sure that you are part of it uh, early mm -hmm. stage so, so you can be ready if, if it's going to be the new standard. So yeah, uh, I think you make yeah. an interesting point. I think having the right partners in place would definitely get you sooner through that learning curve. Um, uh, but starting it, that's, that's uh, also very key, like not waiting uh, yeah. for it to happen. It will happen. So just jump, jump on, the, on the boat to, to, to as soon as you can. Yeah, and it's a, it's a classic um, fail fail as fast as you can moment, isn't it? Is the only way you'll get better is by doing it over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Trying different things when you learn from it. Yeah, it's a really good point. It's, it's a typical thing about Apple, one of the, you know, the big brands out there. And I always struggle to think of any category that they went first in. Um, I, don't, I don't think they've ever gone first in anything. I mm. just think they've always... They've, they've learned from what others have done exactly to your point and just made the best things wherever they possibly can. And they haven't yeah. always won, but I'd suggest they've probably won certainly in the last 10, 15 years. They've won more than they've lost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've, they've, they, of course they started to look into the technology from, from day one, but indeed they, they waited for the right timing. And then, then it, then it's just a finished product. It's like, it's everything works like no bucks. <laughs> it's like yeah. perfect. And uh, yeah, I, I always like to, uh, yeah, to look at them because that's the, the, from a business and especially from a product development standpoint, it's like the, yeah, the best example out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much for taking some time out. This has been really, really good. Um, sure. and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll not, we'll not leave it another three and a half years. But... <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. And, and stay safe uh, there. Yes. You too. You too. Um, okay. I'm hoping we come out of this pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, yeah, let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Thank Thanks, you. My friends. Take yeah. care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, bye.